Welcome back to the Off the Tips podcast. We're into December, so the big, the big custy man will be making his way down your chimney in a few in a few weeks. <laughs> Joining me today, as always, is AC. How you going, mate? I'm all right, mate. I'm a little bit crook, so apologies if I sound a little bit croaky behind the mic. But um, yeah, word, how are you going, mate? Word on the street says you know you might be battling some two day hangover. Yeah, um, I am battling. Uh, I pushed a boat out way too far on Saturday. Um, I'm starting to get too old for that kind of carry on, and I'm really, really paying the price. <laughs> we'll go straight into it. The the Australian Open this week at Vic Golf Club in Kingston Heath. What did you What did you think of Adrian Moronk's Moronk Moronk <laughs> victory? Yeah, it was. Oh well. First of all, um, what great viewing on the sand bout of Victoria. It was seriously good viewing. Um, yeah, maybe I guess for those that didn't watch, um, Adam Scott started one shot clear of Adrian Moronk. Um, Minwoo Lee sat four shots back from Adam Scott, um, and to be honest, it always looked like there was only three in it from that first from the outset, really. Um, and in, like the first hole was pretty eventful. Minwoo Lee drained an eagle putt, and there was also a two-shot sw- swing between Scotty and Moronk. So then Moronk birdies his first two holes to take a two-shot lead. Scotty birdies four and five to tie the lead with Moronk at minus twelve. But then uh, Adam Scott gives those shots back at seven and eight, and then it kind of, and then Moronk birdies nine, and then at that point, you know, you kind of felt like. It was his to lose. And then I guess the final nail on the coffin was that big moment on 17. Toughest yeah. hole on the course, 460 metre par four. And then, so Sky at that point's two shots back. Uh, Moronk hits one, bombs one down the middle. And then Scotty pulls out iron and blocks one OB right. Mm-hmm. And then I guess, yeah, that was the tournament over at that point. But it was, they were kind of, sharing blows that whole round yeah they were and i was i was really hoping and it looked for a minute like he was going to make a charge minwoo but just and he's made that outright third his his position this year he's finished there a few times just making a run for it but it was good to see scotty contend um like you said that the nail in the coffin on 17 was the the final blow but um, just a bit on Moronk. Um, he is a he's a big human being. That bloke. Uh, he's he's a yeah, strapping. Yeah, how tall lad. is he? Do you know? <laughs> I think it was like six five or six six. That could be wrong. But he um he's out of East Tennessee uh, college. He went turned pro in twenty sixteen. He's only um won once on the Euro Tour, and that was this year again when he fought off Foxy in the Irish Open. So. He's claimed two national opens this year and probably doesn't have the, the silkiest move of all time, but he just shows that it works. And I saw a few experts breaking down his swing and just not liking it. But, geez, when you can 
when you can win like that, who cares? Yeah, for sure. And I guess another one of those guys that kind of puts their hand up for a fringe um, European Ryder Cup spot. He was well, he had a good year. He was eighth overall in the race to Dubai. And I guess if you kind of take the like the regulars, he was only second behind Fox. That like the guys that had kind of played over that twenty event mark. So a good year for him. Hopefully, you know he can kind of bounce off this one as well and improve and just become another really good European player. Yeah, it's been a the last kind of six to eight weeks has been really big for European golf. Just guys constantly putting their their name in the hat for next year. And look, it wouldn't surprise me to see a, a bolter like Moronk back because just purely because Europe are, are going to have to pick a pick a couple of bolters probably. What do you think of Scotty's week overall? I thought it was probably a, a B plus week for Adam Scott. He hasn't really contended a whole heap recently, and it was just good good for him to probably find himself in a position where he is contending for a title. I know he will be severely disappointed with probably how Sunday went. I think he he probably could have managed that a little bit better than he did, but. Overall, at this point in his career, I think it's it's good that he's finding the top of the leaderboard and hopefully it leads to a, a decent season for him because it's always great to see Adam Scott in the mix, at a, especially at big tournaments because, geez, he, unlike Moronk, has a really silky, silky swing and it's so good to watch. Yeah, he's such a likeable character, isn't he? And he still mm. seems like he's really motivated and he you can tell he genuinely thinks he's got another few majors in him yeah, well, yeah i think that... yeah i'd say he's hell bent on like winning another big event he seems proper like it's what's keeping him going he's tuned up for a day yeah he is. yeah i man I, you just feel sick seeing players hitting him ob eh? Like, oh yeah especially that late the it tournament. just sends the shivers up you and even if we're playing a fairly casual round if you're still handing a card in it just stings so much when you oh, blow on ob you. and reload just, mm, and then quite often hit that, the next one out <laughs> yeah this is kind of one way or the other eh? you just flush one down the gut and you yeah. just think great i'm just gonna make another double or as you say hit another one there a decent week for a couple of Kiwis. Josh Gary, 6th. Luke Toomey, 18th. A really solid week from those boys. Foxy, he fought really hard. Got up off the canvas, as you said, um, on the second round and missed that controversial second cut. So a couple of good weeks for some Kiwis. Um, was Cam Smith just still dusty from <laughs> from his celebrations this week? Last week, sorry. Oh, I don't, Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, mate. I, I don't know. I'd I'd encourage anyone to watch it. There's a video going around of him in a bar um, watching his, like, final putt at the PGA, Australian PGA, and he just gets hoisted on top of someone's shoulders and, like, they're all cheering, and he just looks so blitzed. It's so good. It just sums up, like, just a knockabout bloke. Yeah, so... Uh... <laughs> 
it's a great video and it's a it was probably a little bit of a shit way to end a really really good year for Cameron Smith just the question without notice what did you make of Cam Smith's 2022 oh unbelievable season and he really kind of stamped himself as you know top five in the world if not at times he definitely looked like the best in the world at like there was plenty of stages where he was just running red hot. Um, in terms of, yeah, like if you look at his tour results, so he had 18 starts, 13 top 25s and three wins. And like you've got to mention the wins being massive events. You know, he's won the... Uh, the Tournament of Champions at uh, Tournament of in Champions Hawaii. in yeah. Hawaii. Yep, that's the one. As well as the Open and the Players, which is... The Players arguably has the best field in golf. So that's, that's a heck of a resume. And then you add the Aussie PGA on top, and it's just a heck of a year for him. Yeah, and Liv Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> but you also got to mention the, the, the near misses that he had the, at, um, at most notably at Augusta, put himself right in contention till kind of the final round there, or kind of late in the final round. The famous 12th hole claimed another. But yeah, I just think it was a unbelievable season and it, it's just like I know we said it last week it's going to be sad to see I'm not able to to back it up and oh on on the PGA Tour like f- through just not being able to play I I still think he'll turn up for those majors though and really give them a good run kind of like he did at that Aussie PGA this uh, last week like he he played with a point to prove and I think that's what he'll do when he turns up at the events he's allowed to play in this year. Yeah, I'd be shocked if he doesn't contend in a couple of majors at least next year. I don't know if you saw the story as well. He uh, So he thought he'd missed the cut, the first cut, and he went straight to the pub, he had, he had a few, and then got told he had an early tea time, so he had to pull pin, but that just sums him up, eh? But like, I wonder how many We enjoy the larrikin in him, but he's a super competitor, and... He's worked his ass off to get to that point. So I'm not taking that. Like, don't take that the wrong way. But oh, he definitely no. can enjoy himself as well. Yeah. I I don't know if you've seen that that tour of his house um, that I'm pretty sure the PGA memes guy does. It's sensational. He's just got this bar. He's just got a coffee machine strictly for making espresso martinis. Yeah, I've seen it. That's gold, eh? Have you got anything else on the um, – the men's section of the Aussie Open? Uh, no, not particularly. Another good week for Minwoo Lee. I love watching that guy play golf. He's a stud. Yeah, yeah play- I, I can bang on about him some more, but I've already done that. So, mm. But, yeah, all I want to say is he's – I think he's the real deal. A similar swagger that we saw with his sister walking the fairways, Minji. She was – one of the favourites leading into the week. Couldn't quite get the job done. Um, Ash Buhai, just way too good. The Open champion from this year and now the Australian Open champion. So a good week for her. But just first of all, what did you think of the, the mixed event at the same time? I think it was definitely something that was worth exploring, for sure. It was It was interesting. I think it was cool to see them play the holes differently. But then I did find, I don't know what you thought, but I found it a little bit tough to follow in round four. It just felt a little bit jumpy 
I just you didn't get to hear any kind of caddy conversations or any build up. Yeah, they just kind of panned from shot to shot. Yeah, it felt like there was a lot going on with the coverage, which which there there was. Um, yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. I think the ideas really good, and it was cool to see the mix of their all abilities golfers playing as well. That geez, they hit some <laughs> unbelievable shots. Eh? just they were quite cool to watch and. Obviously, the men and the women both great to watch, but um, it was really hard to follow. And I don't know how you how you, you can do it concurrently because I'm in the camp that I firmly believe like they deserve the same amount of airtime for the national open. I just I just don't know how it's going to work running it side by side. If you know what I mean, I just think both parties deserve better coverage. Yeah, it seemed like the winner didn't get to bask in the glory that they would normally. Mm, I don't yeah. know if you found that. No, I I did find that. It was just it was just a little bit everywhere the coverage and the and the tournament. It just felt rushed and you and know. I'm probably it's hard fortunate to that there was only actually a few in the mix, particularly on the men's side, in that last round. Like if there was three or four more charging, that would have been chaos. <laughs> yeah, it would have been. But it's almost like you need a couple of channels running. Like yeah. maybe maybe that you have on the one channel you have the the final groups and or the the feature groups from both the men's, the women's and the all abilities. And then you just pretty much have a channel with everyone else. Like they do it all those major events, you have the feature groups and then you have those um the the rank groups that come out later. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. I think that's actually probably a pretty good outcome. Mm. Yeah, so overall, uh, a massive success, I think, the Aussie Open. Um, I just think... Also, it... like, while we're talking about the broadcast, um, that Alison Whitaker is so good to listen to, I reckon. Yeah. She just, like, dumbs it down for your average Joe so well, and you just know exactly what's happening. Yeah, which is hard to come by um, on the PGA Tour. I actually noticed that as well. Uh, yeah, she's just brilliant. And I think it would be good to have that sort of coverage on, on more events. And I hope they can potentially get some of these Aussie broadcasters out to the, the majors at least because, yeah, it was really good. And you find that the the Australian broadcasters – in general, like Ian Baker Finch and guys like that are, are generally, and even Frank Nobolo from New Zealand are generally the the better out and out broadcasters than guys that might have been far far more successful players than them. But yeah, and even Brandle Brandle Chambly, I know he rubs people the wrong way, but he's actually quite a good broadcaster, has an opinion, and wasn't necessarily this gun player. Yeah, they seem to look at it a bit more objectively, I reckon, those Australians and like they look they can see it from an international view, but then also appreciate the good Americans, the good Europeans. It just brings like a whole new kind of element to it. Exactly. And wrapping up the week on the sandbelt, AC, what what were your thoughts on the sandbelt and just can you dumb down sandbouts for the listeners as well as you can <laughs> oh well i'm kind of making a correction on last week's pod i think cal or me mentioned um sandbout but yeah it's it's effectively just like a there's a group 
of like a sand-based soil in Melbourne. There's eight kind of what you'd call sandbout courses, and two of them were this week at Victoria and um, Kingston Heath. But yeah, they're so good to watch. Like the main thing you'll probably notice when you watch is that there's like no fringe between the green and the bunkers. Like it seemed a lot of balls just roll straight in there. Some dicey parts. Mm. You've got to be really on with your um, approaches. Get it on the right level. It's so good to watch. Oh, yeah. It just, it's just so cool. And it is a bucket list thing to go and play those sandbelt courses because it would just be havoc players like us playing it. Just, we'd just get ourselves <laughs> in some predicaments. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is god i love going to those courses and getting pro- like a proper flogging like i should get being at the twilight golfer i am oh some of the you'd there'd be so many putts into bunkers i reckon <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah especially with my head noise inside five feet at the moment <laughs> <laughs> yeah but speaking of, of sandy sandy surfaces we'll head over to the, the bahamas where Victor Hovland wins in a 20-man field at the Hero, hosted by Tiger. Uh, in my opinion, a little bit of a Mickey Mouse event. Doesn't carry probably any substance whatsoever. I just think if they're going to get Tiger hosting events like he does here and more successfully at Riviera, they just need to do a better job. Like 20 people in a field, it's just Tiger's buddies coming down and having a hack at the Bahamas for a week. Yeah, it's so strange to me. It's like, why? I don't know. I don't want to watch that. Why do I want to watch a 20-person field? <laughs> yeah. But I, it's still on, you know? Like, yeah. I, it's strange. And it's classed as a PGA Tour event, but you were telling me before we went on that it's not a, not classed as a PGA Tour win. Yeah, that's another correction from last week's pod. So that's two already, but yeah, but yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, right. I, I checked on Victor Hovland's like PGA Tour profile because he's won two heroes and it doesn't show up as a PGA Tour win. You got much to say about Hovland? <laughs> no, but I I see we got a little bit of a little bit of hate mail in the the DMs with Victor adding to his PGA Tour count win count with another little boy win, which. <laughs> he's right oh jake that sent that in but <laughs> it's not a pga tour win so it's just a it's just a twilight golf win for victor i might come across as a victor hater but he's had three tour wins a puerto rico open and then the other two were fall events so mm. for guys ranked i think he's ranked ninth in the world i just want to see him knock a decent one off and it's not that he's not capable of it but it's just like can you show me it first and then i'll be a bit more sold on you yeah i was doing a little bit of research he hasn't won an event at, in the states at like in the actual usa yet um and then there's just heaps of people blowing up in the um in the comments about how the, there's too much rough around the greens for him to win in the usa like and he's just a terrible chipper and pitcher. So he's just never going to get a victory, which I think might be a bit harsh, but um, maybe that is. <laughs> maybe read into that what he's you will. He's still so young and new to oh, be yeah, ranked definitely. top 10 in the world, but I, I kind of have him ranked in my like rankings, which probably don't hold much weight at all. <laughs> um, I probably have him top, like, he's a top 20 guy for me, but I don't really, 
I don't know. Like, I think he's ranked above Fitz, and I just, he's just not a better golfer than Fitz. Oh, absolutely not. It's just not even a question. The, the official world golf rankings are almost as Mickey Mouse as this hero event this week. Oh, like, I think it's also more, though, just a reflection of the setups they play, you know. Fitz shows up on the tough courses, but they don't always get those conditions. A bit like Willie Z, kind mm. of same vein. Like, I think, yeah, that plays a big part in it as well, rather than actually the ranking system themselves. Just kind yeah. of more their week to week track they play. Yeah, Fitz has just proved that he can stand up on those big boy golf courses, whereas Victor probably hasn't quite yet. Um, so overall, Anybody how do you want to mention? How do, well, yeah, Max Max Homan nearly shot eighty in the second round. I'm, he, I'm pretty sure he shot like seventy eight, which is tough scenes for my man. But um, no, we just want to talk about obviously. We found out after we finished the pod last week that there was going to be no Tiger, which was disappointing. But um, interesting presser that he held. Uh, what did you take out of his press conference or what did you read into his ability to walk and how did it make you feel? Yeah, I, I kind of felt quite deflated after listening to that, actually. I He didn't seem to have that optimism that he often will have. But he like he did concede that in terms of his golf, it's right there. But it's just it's just the walking. Four days. And like obviously we, we discussed last week he's too proud to take a cart, but he basically said that he's gonna play four majors and two other events in a year. Which mu- that must be so hard. Like you can do all the practice you can at home, but you it's I don't know. You, surely some competitive reps are gonna like help yeah i yeah i was in the same same boat you you just could tell like when he was first coming back that it felt like he was he was holding a little bit back from when he was from what he was leading us on to believe like you felt like there was more there than he was kind of telling us but this presser was the same like i it was well was the same for me as it was for you it was just a little bit like, oh, fuck, like he's actually pretty cooked here. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know how it gets better or like I'd imagine he's got all the specialists in the world and you can't question that he's going to be doing everything he can to get it right. I know he was talking about how he's just out doing, <laughs> gaining meters in the sand, just trying to get like meters in his pins and that's how he got the plan of Plantar whatever it's called. Plantar fasciitis. Yeah. Cheers, Doc. <laughs> and <laughs> so he, yeah, it's, it's tough to see. And fired some shots at our boy Greg Norman, which you love to see. Did he what? Mm. I know they've, you love our whole third leg, Greg. Yeah, they've, they've never had a good relationship, had they? Like, I think they've always not really got on and liked each other but he yeah really got stuck into him said he in no uncertain terms he has to go which Greg came out today or yesterday and said that he virtually doesn't care what Tiger or Rory think which shocked like but 
<laughs> the, the more that these blokes come out and say that there needs to be a change, like surely the writing's on the wall for Greg Norman at live. It's just something has yeah. to... And maybe... He's an absolute clown, mate. <laughs> yeah, he... He's got some issues, that man. And, like, he... Yeah. Walking your dog off the leash like that in the, on the beach is just not on. <laughs> <laughs> also, I guess, kind of while we're on live, another thing that kind of came to me watching, like, all the golf this weekend is just how much it, like, sabotages each other. Like, you've got a gun event in Australia on the sand belt, and the DP have still have this rogue event in South Africa and then you've got the hero where all the good players are playing in this kind of exhibition sort of um, tournament. So it's, it's like you see it in other sports as well, but it just seems like they all just clash and if there was a bit more kind of collectiveness, it'd be so much better for the fan. Oh, I, I agree. It, it's almost... It's because there's so many governing bodies. There's no one at the top making a decision on what's best for the game. It's they're all doing what's best for themselves at the moment, and that's just what's hard to cop. Is that you're right? We've got these events in Australia that used five to ten years ago. You used to get guys like Jordan Spieth coming down and Rory coming down and playing, and now it's just. You're not even a sniff of getting anyone that's not an Australian, really. You got the Hoygaard twins that came down and Adrian Moronk, who are up and coming, but the only superstars you're getting are local. Yeah, that's so true. And that, like, if you add five of those players even from the hero, it just becomes, there's a lot more oh. juice there. And how good would it be, like, seeing guys like that test themselves on a different sort of setup, like, that you don't see in the States and see how their game holds up on a imaginative golf course. It, it'd just be so cool. And I just think world golf's really the big, um, the big loser out of all of this carry on that's going on around the world on these tours. Did you see Rory's comment about Greg Norman today? Yeah, I did, but um, it's kind of slipped my mind. Just <laughs> reiterate, reiterate. He basically just, said that he kind of tried to have a yarn with Greg Norman and he was really condescending. So now he's kind of made it his personal job to be a pain in the ass. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. He's succeeding, I'm pretty sure. Like, I can't imagine Greg Norman's super happy behind closed doors about what's going on. Yeah. He's definitely had his name dragged through the mud a bit and probably rightly so if you're in my in my opinion. The, the other event that was on this week was the South African Open at Blair Athol GC. And uh, a massive shout-out to Thurston Lawrence, who won that by one. Um, don't have too much on that. Uh, it was a bit of a weak field. but And all, all of our efforts were <laughs> based around the, the Aussie event. It was just so good to have golf down in this part of the world. But we'll move on into our into our playoff holes. We kick off with you. Take uh, off first, mate. Take off, okay. I will. Um, played a few rounds of golf last week, and I uh, started to hit a little bit better. Which, if you listen to the last couple of pods, I was I was battling on the course, but um, hit a little bit better. Started to find something, and then 
I, I played around uh, on Wednesday or Thursday at just at my local, and it was a it was a relatively busy day, and um, just I was already stuck behind a group that was playing fairly slow, which is yeah niggly, but you'll cop it. But what I won't cop is just those random blokes that walk on the course, just just them, and they just stroll around playing random holes like we were waiting <laughs> we were waiting on um 14 at my home course rustly and this bloke just like it's a blind t-shirt and he's hit one behind us and seen that we're waiting for the green to clear and he's just walked to the, oh, these people have teed off as the greens cleared and he's just walked over to the tee and just teed off straight after them while we're like putting out which really rolled me up <laughs> i was like mate what are you doing and then because the people in front of us were slow he just like played a shot over these trees onto a completely different green <laughs> i was like this bloke's this bloke's pretty nowhere eh? <laughs> but oh. just um, no, i've encountered yeah that's yeah. so frustrating i've encountered those lunatics before yeah as well but, i can cop it if there's like you know two or three groups out on the course that's fine oh yeah if it's like an afternoon like if it's invasive that's so annoying just bugger off (laughs) yeah i i agree like what goes through their head in that (laughs) situation yeah i say what are you turning off about oh mine's yeah mine's fairly petty but just so i was driving home after work and let someone in bit of traffic around no acknowledgement. No way. <laughs> no, it fires me up, eh? Special place in hell for those people, eh? The non-waivers. Like, it really, it's just such a small effort, but that's all you need to do, but just some people can't even do that. Yeah, I've, um, I've actually got a black book in my glove box, and when that happens, I'll write down the person's number plate. <laughs> really? <laughs> nah, don't do that, but, <laughs> but I should. <laughs> Yeah, no, that I can't. Yeah, yeah I just I'd, don't understand it. Even if it's like two fingers off the wheel, that would do. Yeah, just the classic. Yeah, but <laughs> what was your tough scene? Yeah, I probably go the other way. Eh? I make like a big deal about it. Yeah, I'm a I'm double waiver, heavy double <laughs> waiver. Yeah, <laughs> might even wind the window down like after I've driven past and put my hand up if I don't <laughs> think they've seen it. Yeah, or or if it's dark, maybe chuck the hazard lights on. Yeah. yeah. What was your tough scene this week? Uh, so I was playing nine holes um, yesterday at Turkey, which is my local. Um, and so I was playing the back nine and I've pulled my drive left and there's like three kind of fairway bunkers down the left there. And my ball's kind of nestled probably, oh, I'd say 10 centimetres from the like like 10 centimetres from entering into the bunker and like thickish rough. And so my stance was pretty compromised and there's OB left. And so if I set it out of the front, out of my left foot, I was just aiming straight out of bounds. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to try like open the face and like block it 30 metres on purpose, which is ambitious at the best of times out of thick rough that grabs your club and pulls it left. But so I ended up overcompensating and just went straight under it. 
for an air shot. And for those that have, you know, when you do that and you go under it, it just like buries afterwards. Just an even worse lie. So ended up making an eight. Oh, so that ouch. was tough. It's a proper big boy par five that 18th at Turkey. Mm, yeah. It's always into a tough breeze. Yeah, it is. So how, how did you end up hitting them though? Apart from I was that. going all right. I was even through the eight holes I played, and then oh yeah, and, made and then tripled the last. So mm. that was okay. That hurts. Yeah, that it's that's probably the only uh, oh the, one of the only holes that really resembles the old Lockyer, wasn't it? Yeah, actually, that's a good comment. That's that's a good take. Yeah. What was your tough scene, mate? Uh, th- we've already kind of talked about it. Just the two day dust. Ah. Uh, you can probably tell. Tell I'm, I'm just I'm a little bit flat. It's, it's late on a Monday, and I'm just I've just been in the pain cave for the last couple of days. Just head noise central, crook guts. I couldn't stomach any food till about six p.m. last night, and then I was in the similar boat today. I just I haven't really put myself in this position that regularly since I moved down to the South Island, but oh. Geez, I've just I've pushed the boat out. I think one too many times, and I'm having to take a look in the mirror. I think just you're too old. I need to set an alarm on my phone for twelve thirty a.m. And when that goes off, that's when the Uber's called. <laughs> oh, go <grow> up, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I know. I'm just I'm just sad. That's just a yeah. Good fun though. Great fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll introduce a, a new playoff hole and we'll call it, it's called the top three where we do our top three from anything. Um, this week it's going to be our top three favorite holes in the Waikato. Next week it could be our top favorite, three favorite clubhouse beers or top three favorite movies. It could be anything. So our top three favorite holes in the Waikato. We'll go one for one, starting at number three. Um, I'll go first. I've gone because the only um, rule here is you couldn't have the same course twice because obviously Tiki's the new course and Hamilton, and it's it's the best. And we could probably quite easily have three three holes from there. So I've gone um, sixteen at Tiaumudu, short par four. Really, Is that the like blind it. one. Yeah, it's it's blind, yeah. but it's straight. It's just you have to hit it uphill. I like it. You can play it a few different ways, <laughs> but I usually just try to play it one way. Ob left, trouble right. Um, but if you if you hit a dinger, yeah, your huge chance to be putting. I I like that hole. It's my third favorite hole in the Waikato. Nice. So yeah, my third one is thirteen at Matter Matter. It's a proper big boy par five. I think it's five thirty. Um, it kind of goes up the hill and then there's like kind of a flat portion and then slopes down to the green, which is kind of blind. And there's a few kind of overhanging trees. Good golf hole. OB left as well. And like a, a paddock fence line. Those OBs always give me the shits because if you hit one left, there's no tree to kick it back in. It's gone. Yeah. Yeah, the only good. good thing is you might find your nari. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's good. I've actually never ventured out to Matter Matter. Maybe I'll have to do that when I'm up for Christmas. 
That's gun. Big fan. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll, I'll lock that in. My number two, 18 St. Andrews. So, oh, yeah. short par three. Oh, and depending on where the pin and the tees are. And then massive, massive bunker, which I believe has been taken out now. Down the yeah, left hand side. There lately. It was. I don't think it's yeah. as big. Yeah, it, it used to be just a. It's a shocking mess. It's how would you explain it? It's like a, it's like a cliff face, and then just a bunker. You have to just hit a real like nice lob wedge out of there, and virtually hit it straight up. And if the pin's at the back, off tough shot. Yeah, once you hit it in there, you're pretty resigned to being happy with a four. Mm, definitely what was your number two mine's the fifth at walton so it's like a it's a big dog legging par four with like some tall pine trees on the left so you can either kind of hit an iron to the corner and then hit a wedge on the green or you can tee up your your big dog really high and try hit one over the trees and drive the green it's good fun. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with our um, yeah, Walton great track. Some serious hidden gems up in the Waikato and I'm sure we'll be having a look at those in our hidden gem series moving forward. But uh so we'll move on to our number ones. Uh my number one, this this was tough. It was it between I just really like this hole because of the undulating greens and or the undulating green and yeah, uh, the three at Tiki. I really yeah, like that it. That was on my short list. Yeah, yeah. So that's it's a par three. Um, normally about a nine to seven iron. It's it's a it's a good hole, and depending on where the flag is, the it's a some heavy slopes and and the green. So you're never going to have an easy three, which is what I really like. Yeah, it's a gun par three for members as well because they've got so many places they can put the tees and then a massive green. So it can play like a five iron or a wedge if it's at the front. So it's, yeah, I'm a big fan of that hole. For the first, for my one, I've gone 16 at Tierkey. Um Drivable par four. Lots going on at the green. It's like quite a narrow green with big runoffs. And then there's also some niggly as bunkers at that dreaded like 40, 50 metre range if you end up in there. Um, it's a great golf hole. Yeah, it is. I can't disagree with that. Uh, most of the holes around there are real cool. So, yeah, um, we'll move on to, on to hate mail. Uh, how much hate mail did we get this week? I'm not sure, mate. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just get it up. Uh, here we go. Uh, from Ethan, people try to play through when you're being slowed by groups in front of you. Jeez, we just talk, kind of talked about that, but yeah, that can get in the bin. That's just people need it. Does he mean just hitting up on you? Yeah. Does he? Yeah, mean hitting. But yeah, or, or just, I, there's yeah, no ca- excuse to hit up on people. Like, yes, our group, I've been part of it before. Yeah. But like, I hate it when people put their hand up and act like, you know, they didn't know what they were doing sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Like, it can be pretty blatant. Yeah. But it, if I, someone's lost, like, oh, if, 
uh, I, I don't know whether I agree with it or not still, but because you could genuinely kill someone. But if if they're like two or three holes behind, like maybe you can give them a hurry up. I don't know. That will probably fire some people up. But yeah, and this is not hate mail, but from from your brother actually. Hot take: Tom Kim's going to win a major in twenty twenty three. That is a hot take, but wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Yeah, he's a superstar. I I don't know if I could take him for a major next year though. Mm, I think yeah. he'll definitely get he's one. Quite, he's quite raw, so I like it though. You got to stand behind something. Yeah, and then just one message from <laughs> this is another inside <laughs> inside message from Matt. Can we get some feedback on hostility on the sports field? And having a beer after, and leading, le- leading into the changing sheds, saying there's no way we're having a beer with these blokes, and then when the, their coach knocks on the door, telling <laughs> telling him we will be in the club room shortly. <laughs> yeah, this is a personal attack on me. I played cricket on Saturday <laughs> on an absolute howler of a pitch at um at a club down here in Christchurch. It was a T20. They set 73 and we chased it nine down. It was an absolute pig. And <laughs> that's a de- daily cherry Evans type backflip. Yeah, and then to be fair, like we weren't getting hostile to me at all, but they were getting hostile to a few of the lads and spraying spraying them and then it got it started to get a little bit out of hand. And then I was like, I walked into the changing room and I'm like, no way we're having we going into the chat there. Their club rooms here. This is there, and then we sang the team song, and then their coach knocks on the door and he goes, "Are oh, you boys coming in for a beer?" And it was just me and him locked eyes. I was like, "Oh, oh, oh, oh. yeah, we'll be in there shortly." <laughs> Coward, <laughs> but it's all good. It was all it was all well and good, but eh, leave it out there. That's yeah, pretty funny though. Yeah, I, I think funny. I would have done the same thing. Probably. I got a, a hefty fine. Yeah, fair enough too. But like, what can you say? You know? Yeah, what can you say? No, I, I don't always enjoy having a beer with the opposition after a game. Eh? It's just a lot know. of small talk. If you it don't is. know them well, it can be hard work. And it's, it's, it's quite, like, I just want to yeah. get out of here. It's quite often just you sitting like with your team in their club rooms. You just might as well go back to your own. Yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> yeah. So that's all for the playoff holes this week. Um, have you got any plans to play some golf? This weekend? Yeah, I'll try to play Tiki Sunday, Arvo. Get 18 in. Have you had 18 yeah. since you come back to the course? Nah, I'll I'll try this weekend. Mm. How, I'm really keen to. How are you hitting them? All right, I'd say. Yeah. Not great, but like serviceable. Like, okay. like I can manage my way around. Lovely. What yeah. about you, mate? Any plans um, to play golf? Yeah, I'll try to get out. Um, hopefully, I've got a little presentation I got to do tomorrow, so I'll hopefully get out. My my schedule's pretty free after that, so hopefully get out during the week, hit some balls, at least get to the range, work on my game. Had a couple of decent rounds last week, so I've um got a little bit more confidence in my game than I did on previous pods. So now nah, looking forward to it; should be good. And I think we've only got maybe. Two more pods via online, and then then we'll be ripping it in person. So that'll be good, and we'll be able to properly have a have an opinion on each other's game. 
Yeah, that'll be good. I can't wait to play together and just yeah. tear it apart on the pod. Um, quiet week this week on the golf scene, so we'll probably try to do a um, PGA Tour season preview. We'll probably be one for the Nuffies, so if that, you're not that way inclined. But feel free to have a listen anyway. Yeah, we, we will do that, but we've also got a... Um... Our course nuffies, and again for the nuffies, a course nuffies uh, series coming up where we're doing our uh, golf course reviews. Um, we kick off with Cape Kidnappers on Wednesday or Thursday, so there'll be plenty of content from us moving forward. And uh, leading into the new year, we'll, we'll have a bit more of that sort of stuff, and maybe break yeah, down each other's game a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. And yeah, we had a bit of feedback about making sure that we cover not just the big golf courses. And, yes, that's definitely our aim. We enjoy getting around and just playing the ones that are 20 bucks as oh, well. absolutely. So, so, yeah, we'll be... It'll be good to hopefully, not that we have heaps of people listening, but give them a bit of airtime. Yeah. Even if the people listening get out there and it might encourage them to go play a few different tracks, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, because paying your green fees at some of these little country courses and getting out there and if you, you go out in a four ball and pay your $25 green fee each, it's actually massive for those small golf clubs. So that's something I can massively get around. Even if we can just get five or six people out to try out a few of these golf courses, it'll be cool. So we're looking forward to doing the, the course nuffies series. Uh, coming up that's all from us today cheers ac uh outstanding work you, you really carried me through today because uh i was an absolute piece of shit to be fair <laughs> cheers mate i could tell you're a bit flat yeah but so, yeah one down yeah right. yeah hopefully we, we lift for these next ones so cheers guys catch you next week yeah,